I know you know. I love that Burt Reynolds uh, poster. That, oh, that is it? Is it obvious, Tree? Yeah. So I know your your eyes were glistening. <laughs> oh, when you saw sure. That. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this bites discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Anne Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of eighty-eight nine. This bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Hey, and on this week's edition of This Bites, we're going to talk about the upcoming issue of uh, Milwaukee Magazine. And you wrote uh, several articles on different topics. Uh, one's a review of Snack Boys, the return of the iconic, legendary Von Trier. We're going to talk about their new menu and even the, what it looks like inside. And then you touched on a hot topic in Milwaukee. Is there a restaurant bubble? Notice recently there have been a lot of restaurant closings, so we're going to talk about that. So, Ann, let's talk about the upcoming issue of uh, Milwaukee Magazine. Let's start off with... Uh, the story about Von Trier. You went to the newly renovated Von Trier with a new menu, and uh, what's your take on it? Well, first of all, I had flashbacks. Flashbacks? Like, had, what do you mean? I had flashbacks to college because when I was in college, we went there a lot. And I, it, my. How long has it been there? Well, it's been there since, okay, well. N- not I went to college much <laughs> later than it opened. It opened in the late 70s. Okay. But the inside of this place really feels like it's a lot older than that because um, the owner at the time had brought all these, you know, antiquities, antiques mm. and things like that from um, Germany. And so the place has that really that kind of like old German beer hall feel yeah. to it. But when I was in college and I, I did not go to UWM, but a lot of my friends did. So my, I would go with my UWM friend and we would, we would off, we would just often sit there and have a beer, whatever, but we, there was never any food available okay. except for popcorn. That mm. was like, I mean, you always knew there was this popcorn <laughs> and it, you'd have beer and it was very classic. It was a very classic sort of feeling. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, then it, for me, it became a place I have to say to get like a Moscow mule before, after going to the Oriental. Mm theater you know and i mean you know that right now i mean things are really different on on east north avenue right yeah. there a lot of places are closed rc's apparently uh rc's is now going is yeah. now you know bidding sayonara mm-hmm. too and um th- this was going to happen to to von triers because the owner who also owns hooligans was going to close von triers and open kind of an upscale yeah. cocktail bar and then people got up in arms over that yes. and they petitioned and like no don't change von trier and and they didn't I, they improved you know it. it's one of those yeah they did and it's one of those rare examples of of the public coming back mm. at them and mm. saying no we don't want this what are you what are you doing but so you know what they ended up doing is they kind of cleaned up the place mm-hmm. put a new bar or, or a new surface of the bar in there's more modern light fixtures yeah it still has that old look but you know that they auctioned off yeah there was an auction a whole of, mess yeah. of things mm-hmm. Um, beer steins and um, cuckoo clocks and stuff like that. But so now they've got this menu that actually is really pretty good. It's a it's a German kind of a German American menu, but you know in a city that has its these strong Germanic roots, but you can't get German food just anywhere. I mean you, you really can't, and it's hard to find good German food. I mean it's nice to be able to go in there and get a big sausage plate. Mm. Uh, they even have like these um, kind of German meatballs. You can have them with spetzel. They have this great cucumber salad, which I, mm. I don't really think the cucumber salad is German, German. per se, but it's really it's really delicious. Mm. And it's with, like radishes on it and um, some romaine lettuce and onions and these really great okay. cucumbers and a really delicious kind of a dill dressing on it. Um, but, you know, here's the thing, you know, a, a restaurant that's really, you know, working with what 
the neighborhood and what um, the East Side wants, and also modern times, they have an Impossible Burger on their menu. Tariq, remember, you know, the whole... Oh, they, they, they have yeah, an Impossible Burger? Yeah, they have an Impossible burger? burger on their menu. So they're doing some vegetarian things, but I guess, you know, that's that's the sign of the times, right? I mean, you got to be able to appeal to I mean, vegans everybody. Is, I mean, vegans is like... There was a story somewhere where, like, you know, back in the day, vegans were just supposed to be dirty hippies, and now it's, like, normal. Now it's, like, it's expected be mm-hmm. place where you, wherever you go there should be vegan yeah. options now which well is, it, it's true there should be i think oh, um but and you know it's 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 a, it's a nice place to go and get a you could get a, a full meal or you could just get one of those big soft pretzels and mm. get the mustards and the the cheese with it and that's that's just a really nice okay. snack um i think they did a nice job with the remodel i'm i i didn't love seeing that old um antler cyril kalnick <laughs> <laughs> uh, chandelier on the auction list. I mean, that that was... Why don't you try to get it? Oh, yeah, sure. I've got a spare, I don't know, what, $100,000 laying around. That's what the it, auction was? A, I, I can't remember what the starting price was yeah. for that item, but it was not it was not cheap. But this is, uh, this is something that could be in a museum, really. Mm. But it originally was in the back dining room, but they had moved it into the main room. You've been in Von Trier's, correct? Yes. So, I mean, if you're just sitting at the bar, you just look up and there it is, and... You know, I, I don't know that it really would have gone with my decor either. Mm. It's a it's a little you know, <laughs> it's a little big and a little bit you know. Never know till you kind of feel it out. Yeah. Well, you know, it would be the it would be it it would be a conversation piece. Okay, that's for sure. Next, you in the uh, upcoming issue of May, you also went to the it's kind of new now. I mean, it's been a couple months. Snack boys. Has it been a couple months already? It feels like it's been really? a couple months, yeah. Okay, Snack yeah. boys. You, and, I mean, they have this, you know, some people are like, it's very hipstery or whatever, but the, at least my take on it, I enjoy the food a lot, but you wrote a review about it. Like, what's your take on Snack Boys? I was not expecting to like it. Yeah? Well, we talked about it. You were right away saying how much you liked it. Mm. I was looking at it and thinking, okay, this is is this another way of trying to get... To do small plates, but because they are small plates, yeah. you know, snack size mm. plates, but kind of with a sense of humor, yeah. a little cheeky, mm-hmm. um, sort of pokes fun at themselves. Mm-hmm. But I thought, well, is that really going to work? I mean, first of all, you know, there's a lot of small plates places in yeah. town and there there are people on the, on the opposite side of the small plate saying that's not enough food for me. It's overpriced, yeah. that sort of thing. Could another one work when mm-hmm. some of them aren't, you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of them. So... But I, there's something about the way they have crafted that whole theme that's yeah. really sort of fun and it's lively fun and, clever and interesting. And, and presented and, well. Yeah. And it tastes good, you know. And it does taste good. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I mean, there there's some things on that menu that, you know, are very nostalgic. You know, like, for instance, they do like a homemade tater tot, but they update it by putting like sour cream and caviar, caviar on, on top. It. Yeah. So, um, so there's, they also have foie gras on their menu. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, you can just get like these chips and the onion dip. Oh and, my God. Yeah. That's an onion dip. So, so addictive. Right. So you can get something that's really genuinely like mm. snack oriented. Yeah. But then you can get, um, like, they have these really great little sliders. Have you had yeah. the sliders? So they've got, I've seen different ones. Like, they, they have one with a burger. Yeah, they yeah, change them up. They had one with a scallop that was really, oh, really I good. Oh, I didn't have that one. I didn't see that one yet. And then, I don't know if they're still doing it. They had, like, flatbread pizzas at one time. I, see that. I think they've they might have been that. like, a Korean noodle dish. They've got they had, all They these. had Korean galbi. 
They had Galbi. Yeah. Do they still have that though? Because yeah. I know really, mm-hmm. they really they they like to switch things up. One time, it's not wasn't on there. They had animal crackers. What's basically was uh, fried uh, skins of animals, like chicken oh. skins, fish skins. Okay. So Did that, you go there? Yeah, I had it. Yeah, I had it. It was really tasty. Okay. It was like a cool, clever idea. And I was like, oh, animal crackers. What is animal crackers? Oh, the skins of the animals. I'm like, oh my god, who thought of this? Yeah. yeah. Well, and also speaking of what you just said prior about. Mm-hmm vegan menus and vegetarian mm-hmm. menus they have they have really expanded their, yeah because when they open it was like stuff too actually nothing yeah right <laughs> now so they have the, like this um brussels sprout dish that's pretty good it's like there's fried brussels sprouts mm-hmm. there's just like um like a brussels sprout salad mm-hmm. i mean like three different ways mm-hmm. of preparing brussels sprout all sort of mixed together they've got this really nice radish dish that's yeah. really good too and some of the radishes are sort of warm and mm. buttery, and then there's goat cheese on. Mm. I mean, like it's rich and delicious. They have a tofu dish. They and, have a tofu dish. Yeah. And they can also get some of the dishes that are normally not not vegan. Vegan, like the dip. There's a vegan version of the dip. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that makes sense. They have, and you know, some things like that. That tofu reminds me a little bit of a tofu thing that I had at Vanguard, and then I thought, oh, okay, that makes I mean, sense because one of the owners yeah, is from Vanguard. Vanguard. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's a certain there's I, I there's something I like about it, and really, I went one time. I went with a friend, and he had so much fun with it. I don't know. He was just looking around, and he really. I know he you like the, the Burt Reynolds. I know it. you know. I love that Burt Reynolds uh, poster. Oh, that is it? Thing. Is it obvious, Tree? Yeah, so I know your your eyes were glistening. <laughs> oh, when you saw sure. That. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, I will say that. Uh, okay, so. They're doing all these, you know, kind of, um, they're not tiki drinks per se, but some mm. of them have like the umbrella and the yeah. kind of like the That's the John Revorde John Revorde of Boone and Crockett's kind of signature, um, something like his bartenders. Those are, putting, are yeah. a bit sweet for me, I guess. There's some are not that sweet. Not, not that yeah. sweet. Okay. They have, a, they have a mocktail that I really like. Oh, yeah. Like I took my the digital apartment there. It's called the Designated Driver. Yeah. It's really good. It has all of them had it, except I'm like, I'm taking you out to dinner. You're all drinking mocktail. No, but that's how good it is. Yeah. Did you taste it? Yeah. It's like pure it was like ginger. Kind of spicy. Yeah, because yeah. there's ginger root in it. There's turmeric, coconut. It is, and then they put, they have this, um, have you seen behind the bar? They have these jars of like. Um, rolling papers? <laughs> no. <laughs> they have but rolling that's papers. That's <laughs> um, uh, Like uh, dried or dehydrated uh, citrus roots. Yeah. So. So they might put like a, a like a dehydrated orange, orange slice yeah. in there and that kind of, and I really do think the oils from that kind of adds mm. to the cocktail too. So, you know, um, I mean, these are all guys, I mean, like s- certainly Shay and um, Mitch, who are, you know, two of the, the owners mm. have fine dining backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, these guys are not, you know, they're, they are not without skills. skills I mean, yeah. they, know, they know what they're doing, but... Um, you know, it's interesting that they, you know, start, opened this. I, I, I can't imagine they would have known that it would have been, that it would be as popular yeah. as it is. And then they're expanding. Like John is teaming up again with Mitch for the new Boone and Crockett. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's it, uh, Moto Taco is that now called? Taco Moto. Taco Moto and, or Burger is going to be in that new place where yeah. the warehouse used to be. So it's going to be a music Burger venue Moto, and they're going to be there and then be the, the, uh, Moto Burger. They're a little kind of corny in the market here, aren't they? Do you think there's sort of a trend um, on for restaurants that are, you know, again, just not fine dining, but you can get good food. Mm. So it's not like it, it's it's home. I mean, there's vegetables. I mean, you're actually using local products. Yeah. It's home. You know, it's actually from scratch type things, but it's not like super fancy. Yeah. You don't have to dress up. 
Um, I think that, I mean, that's a very, it sounds like a Wisconsin thing. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's also a larger trend of just people are like maybe. $400 for dinner. Yeah, $400 for dinner is like, uh, it's nice once in a special, very special, but not all the time, you know. But, you know, I think, I think that there's, you know, the thinking too, that there's only a certain number of really fine dining restaurants here that maybe can thrive or mm. survive, or maybe that's just right now. I yeah. mean, there's so much development going on in the city right now and so many new places. There's so many options for people. Um, and it's getting hard for diners to kind of sort mm. through that and find the places that they can afford or want to go to every week or on a weeknight, as opposed to a special yeah. occasion, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I think there, there is a trend and I think snack boys and some other places are fitting that kind of spot especially for the budget conscious people who do like going out to eat but want to eat good food get Mm -hmm. tired of the same old same old want something different but don't want to you know put down $60 tabs and $70 tabs for a meal you know well it's not it's not really doable for a lot of people yeah but at least people it's a little more accessible for people who want it yeah you know without breaking the bank yeah so it's smart yeah so so I'm glad you like snack boys I know you probably have an Instagram shot of that Burt Reynolds somewhere. All right, sure. I don't know why you keep going back to that. You do know that that is the same poster that's in the ladies' room, although I don't expect you to have been in the ladies' no. room. The ladies' room at um, the uh, the safe house. Yeah. Which, what happens that's is you funny, go That's funny, you remember the, that. Well, it's because <laughs> there's, you go in there and there's like, um, I forget what it is. There's like a feather or something. Like, a, I don't know. There's something covering up his private parts. And you lifted it up, huh? Well, that's the shtick. It's yeah. a gag, you know? You, you're you kind of like, oh, I'm going to go over there and touch this thing. And this horrible alarm goes off. But the person inside doesn't sounds, hear it. Person oh, no, inside. you hear it inside there. And then everybody else in the rest of the restaurant <laughs> hears it, too. So you walk out and you are <laughs> nailed by everyone. So how many times have you done that? Like five times? Uh... <laughs> I would rather not say. <laughs> also, in the issue, um, you brought up an interesting topic. As you know, recently C eighteen eighty closed, and Thomas Hawk had an interview. I think it was in Biz Times, Biz Journal. Yeah, well, about, they covered a lot of. Yeah. I mean, it's this is something that a lot of people are talking about. about is there the a places. restaurant bubble? You kind of address that in a little piece. Can you talk a little bit about? Yeah, in a very the, small in the, yeah. the small amount of space that I had to do that. Well. Here's the thing. I've been talking to a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry, whether they're developers, they're chefs, they are restaurant owners themselves, or they're, they're, you know, people like Gary Witt, who, you know, owns the the Pabst Theater mm-hmm. Group and knows a lot about the industry, right? Um, and kind of like, what are their opinions about, about this? And, you know, they range from... You know, people saying um, that, you know, restaurants are really the original startups or Mm. are the most successful startup Mm. here. And, um, you know, while retail is not, you know, doing well right Mm. now. And because of Amazon, like Amazon can't compete on a restaurant level, you know? Yeah. That's like, that's one world Amazon hasn't invaded yet. No. You know, and hopefully it won't. I don't see how, but Uh, Jeff Bezos is a genius. So you might have drones delivering you. Fargo Yeah. (laughs) To your pregnant area. Well, so then you have these developments that go up and they're multi-use and Mm. what's what's opening on the ground floor? Well, they want a restaurant or Mm. a bar, yes. And so that creates this Mm. more and more influx of businesses that maybe start out with a strong business concept, maybe don't. Mm. Maybe 
are given some kind of um, you know some kind of break from yeah. the landowner or landowner landowner land lord 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 <laughs> yeah. landlord like yeah. the singer no like yeah exactly no they're given a break by the landlord to to move into the space but then you know for a certain amount of time they can do it and then they can't you mm-hmm. know they, there's just way too much debt involved they're not getting enough people in there they're not making money i mean owning a restaurant is really really difficult yeah. it's really difficult i heard to that is it, is it true is like basically most restaurants fail uh within the first two years i don't think like that. that is true because i saw a story in forbes that actually uh said that is well they came up with a number of reasons why that's not exactly okay. the case but i mean it really depends on the concept it okay. depends on the it depends on but also said when a restaurant reached the five-year part yeah mark, that's a lot that's of very, them don't that's, yeah, yes don't, that don't reach yeah. the five-year five-year mark exactly no um but i think i mean the it's really really sad that circa is closing uh thomas had to close Carl Roche's, mm-hmm. Wolf Peach is closed, Supper is closed, yeah. Coquette is closed. I mean, we've seen a lot of these closings. They seem very concentrated, it, though. Yeah. yeah uh, that's the thing. I think that's why the, the story came up. It's because it's... Because it, it, yeah, yeah, concentrated just, happening at the same time. Yeah. And it's an industry where there are things opening and closing mm. all the time. So it really, that is the nature of the beast. This. It there is There are larger issues going mm. on here. Um, so it's not just a know, Milwaukee issue. No, okay. I don't think so. But... You know, um, and and there are some places that just, you know, and, and some restaurant owners that I even talked to said, you know, ultimately you have to have such a strong concept too, which is why and I location, mean, I location is huge. Location too. is huge. Because sometimes, you know, if, if a place, parking, sometimes, prices are huge. you know, you park or you build a restaurant where there's going to also be a, a long-term construction and all yeah. that affects you. So there's so many factors that affect, because like if I'm going to drive 10 minutes looking for a parking spot, yeah. then I'm going to go somewhere else right you know and right you lost you lost me because you made parking not the restaurant but to your location and it could be something as simple as um you know a neighborhood that suddenly is becoming super hot mm-hmm. and like 10 places open and you're the 11th place mm-hmm. and it's like can mm, you compete maybe it this the timing on this wasn't that great maybe it should have been in a, a different neighborhood i mean it but there's it's so it's each one of the each one of those restaurants that closed closed recently closed for a different reason. Yeah. So I mean, there are so many reasons yeah. that that these things happen. I just it's felt weird all at the same time. As no, like, it absolutely yeah. is, and it's so it's absolutely worth talking about mm-hmm. this. And um, yeah, I mean, it's these are really these are really scary times for a lot of a lot of restaurant owners. And I didn't talk to too many that have said they're doing really re- mm. well right now. Now, classically though, the winter which we're just coming out of. Is not a good time for restaurants. Yeah. They they tend not to do that well in the winter time. You know, yeah. people don't go out as much. Maybe Soup Brothers do well. <laughs> so, yeah, soup, <laughs> any kind of soup place. Um, and you know, in the summertime, you got to have a patio. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be able to like bring in people. People want to like been cooped in all yeah, winter exactly. long. They don't want to be cooped up again in the summer to go out and eat. And I'm yeah. sure we're gonna get, do a piece on some of the more interesting new ones that are the new patios that yeah. are opening, right? So. But um, it's an interesting topic, and it's one that's, I think, worth revisiting because, um, you know, a lot of these places that have closed are, you know, are, are kind of irreplaceable. You're never going to find another Circa 1880, okay. you know? You're, yeah. I mean, that was special. Not. But hopefully you'll, somebody will fill the void. Can't replace it, but at least the quality will mm-hmm. still be there. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's uh, the upcoming issue of Milwaukee Magazine May issue. When's that hit the newsstands? Early next week, I believe, because now our subscribers are starting to get it. it. Yeah, yeah. 
Next up, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, sour beer. Sour beer. Sour beer. Yeah. So we've talked about how Brenner Brewing. Mr. Is, Brenner. Mr. Yeah. Mike Brenner. Yeah. You just call him Mr. Brenner? It's, it's a joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, he. Um, we've, we've talked about he doesn't actually have his Brenner Brewing space, yeah. but. I wonder, about a year ago? Has it been that long, too? Feels like a year. Wow. I don't know. Well, um, he, he, there's actually a, a beer dinner that he's doing with Bray's, which is in the neighborhood where he was located, mm-hmm. Walker's Point. And this is pairing specific dishes with sour beers, which... His beers, th- I'm guessing. His beers, okay. yeah. Which I think a lot of people... Um, it, it can be a challenging a challenge for some people to pair beers with food. But I think we found as this beer craze mm-hmm. has just... Exp- you know, just blown up yeah. that it's become a thing now. I mean, unavoidable. Yeah, it's unavoidable. And there are a lot of beers that are really, really mm. well suited to certain foods. So this five course dinner is actually tonight. Um, and the last I checked, there's still still uh, seats available. It's at Bray's. And I can tell you a little bit of, about the menu. It starts out with um, a peach saison paired with a rhubarb and radish salad with whipped chev that's goat cheese and charred ramps. Mm. Um, Juicy Boogie. Juicy Boogie, that's one of his beers. He has some with, weird names. Yeah. There's what? Well, I think of Butterfly Farts was one of them. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, that's not that's not in this dinner. Okay. But that would be a good one. <laughs> that would have been a good one. Juicy Boogie uh, is going to be with a white asparagus, crispy speck, a six-minute egg, and a malt vinaigrette. Blame the Sun. Uh, it's another beer paired with goat carbonade, hopped spetzel, uh, grilled goat sausage and greens. Okay. Yes. Um, is your stomach grumbling by by chance, Trey? Because you're listening to this menu. Uh, Wander. That's another of his beers paired with rosewater panna cotta. That's a dessert. Okay, we're at the dessert okay. point. Ale poached figs and candied black walnuts. Um, I don't know. It sounds like a really interesting beer dinner. Now, I don't know that he's necessarily still brewing beer, but. Mm. I mean, ale, uh, sour, sour ales or sour beers rather, are are beers that actually can I think have a little bit of a shelf life to them. Okay, they they have uh, they can go bad, or I I think just as wines can go yeah. bad, beers can yeah. go bad, can't okay. they? I guess skunky. Is Anything term? fermented, yeah. I would imagine they go skunky as that term used to be called in back in the nineties. Yeah, 90s. I still use the word skunky. Yeah, okay, and the dinners tonight. Yeah, the dinner's tonight. So you want to this? If you want to do this, you got to jump on it. Cool. What's up next? Uh, what is up next? Okay, we're going to talk about the big cheese, and I'm not talking about you, Tariq. You are the big cheese. You're yeah. the big cheese at. I like cutting bites. cheese. I'm cutting the cheese. Okay, well, you know, we're the the we're the dairy state, right? So yeah. there there need to be these dairy related events. Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, a new one, so it's the inaugural, the inaugural Big Cheese event. It's set for Memorial Day weekend, and I'm mentioning it now because it's probably really worth looking at tickets. Um, it's at the Osthoff Resort in Elkhart Lake, which is probably about 40 minutes uh, north of here. And um, this one's pretty darn big. They are going to be doing, um, well, first of all, there, uh, there are several participating cheesemakers that are all within a half hour's drive of Elkhart Lake. And so we're looking at Sargento, Mm -hmm. Sartori, which makes these wonderful Parmesan-like cheeses. Yeah, They have like the different flavors on the crust, like black pepper or... Yeah, like, um, black pepper, Vitano. So, uh, they have the the herb, the herbs on Provence, the Provencal salsa. herbs. 
Yeah, yeah. really, really nice. I can um, eat a whole chunk of it in one sitting. <laughs> That's how good it is. I love mm-hmm. those cheeses. No, I love it too. LeClaire Farm, Saxon Creamery, Hennings, Deer Creek. Many of these are, are award-winning cheeses. So they're going to be participating in, in this um in this week, it's a whole weekend of cheese-related things. They're doing hand hands-on cheese-making classes, cooking classes, cheese tastings. Um, they're going to have a cheese marketplace, a special tasting of world championship teas, cheeses, and they're going to be doing a nine-course artisan cheese dinner that's prepared by the Ostoff Resort's culinary director. There's also, this is kind of interesting, they're doing cheese and cocktail cruises on the lake. So that oh, would be on wow. Elkhart Lake, yeah. And a cleansing milk spa treatment. No way. In the Aspira Spa that's right there. So literally, I was looking at some of these schedules, It's, it's or uh, looking at the, the day uh, really? schedules for You're the You're taking event. a bath in milk? Yeah. Okay. Not in cheese. And milk. Huh. Um, but going back to the schedule tree, because it's May 25th through the 28th, um, and you could pretty much sign up for all of these things if you wanted to. Oh. Um, yeah, so um, you could learn how to make mozzarella and ricotta with a cheesemaker. You could um, learn how to pair cheeses and cocktails. That is another... <laughs> um, uh, cheeses and wine pairings, cheeses and beer pairings. Um, no, no whiskey this, ones, no bourbon... No, unfortunately, I'm not really necessarily seeing that. Well, no. Yes, I am. Cheese and beer pairing. Cheese and tea pairing. Tea. Cheese and bourbon pairing. Nice. Going back to that. Yes. Um, beer, bourbon, tea, wine, cocktails. What about Kool-Aid? Not Kool-Aid. Oh, that's not Kool-Aid. But I think these- that's a thing. Kool-Aid and cheese pairings. I think that's a that's going to be a thing in the future. Cheese and Kool-Aid? Yeah. There's like a thousand flavors of Kool-Aid. Why not? Right. Okay, but that's provided that you think anyone would want to drink Kool Aid anymore. I mean, but I think if you if you market it right, I think we, people you sell out. I remember when I was growing up, we had Kool Aid all the time, and we had a certain pitcher that we use, a, mm. a plastic pitcher, yeah. and it was permanently stained from all the times we made it over and over. <laughs> yeah, and over I had that again. too. Right, and it was like the the uh, cherry one, so it had that little bit of mm. red, but then I loved grape, so the grape, then it would start mm. taking on that color. I mean, it was all these mm. different colors. My God, I but can't I think even think grape, about how much sugar I Grape and Gouda is a great grape. Grape and Gouda. Yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. Okay, Tariq. And when is this Memorial Day weekend? Yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend. I mean, you could stay the whole weekend at the Ostoff Resort. Wow. Uh, but these cheese cocktail, this cruise, Tariq, you can sit, you can ride on a pontoon cruise around the lake, drink wine, have crack, craft cocktails, and eat award-winning cheeses. Sounds like Come right on. up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to do it? I don't know. Oh. I'm going to be very secretive about it if I am. <laughs> I don't want anybody to know. Very secretive. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. And uh, what's finally? We're oh, talk right. About, we uh, have a, a finally. New? We do yeah. have a finally. Yeah. Uh, everybody's been wondering what's happened to the Irish pub yeah. in the Third Ward. Yeah, the Irish pub that was there for a very long time. It closed, and there was a little bit of scuttlebutt on on uh, social media because I think originally people thought it was going to reopen and be mm. the exact same yeah. thing and the same staff and all that. Um, but so it's finally, it's been closed. The space has been reconcepted. It's going to be called the Tide House. Uh, and it's the so the owners are different. This is 124 North Water Street, by the okay. way, and it's at the end of that block where Hinterland used to be. Okay. 
And if you know your Wisconsin or you know your Milwaukee history, you'll know that that building um, has roots in uh, Tide House roots. It was established in 1904 as a Pabst Brewery Tide House, um, which means it was tied to a particular brewery. It was tied to Pabst Brewery. Um, and there's there's actually a stone carved Pabst logo okay. um, that's on the outside wall. Um, but that relationship is is no longer there. But it's sort of like a bid to history, history right? Yeah. So they're going to reopen um, uh, in May. It's the grand opening week is going to be uh, May 21st through the 24th. And they're going to have drinks. They're going to have food. I don't know anything about the menu quite yet. Okay. Um, but they're going to have this newly renovated uh, bar inside, also the patio, um, and a private event space upstairs. So it'll be interesting to see... Uh, if the if this is going to have any kind of other any similarity at all to the Irish pub, pub, what they used to do, or um, anything of that nature, but um, yeah, so the the opening is uh, like the third week of May, and that okay. is the Tide House. Sounds good. If you want more information about what we talked about, including the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine, the big cheese event, and uh, am I missing something? Uh, there's a sour beer dinner. Sour but, beer dinner. You know, you got to jump on that one because it's going to be gone in you minutes. Know, yeah. Because that's eight that. hours. So, if you want more information about the big cheese event, the stuff we talked about, Milwaukee Magazine, the sour beer dinner, and the new Tide House, you know, not, not to be confused with the laundry detergent. It's not spelled <laughs> like that. It's T I E D. You know what to do. Head over to the website at radiomilwaukee.org slash this bites. And as always, Anne, stay hungry. And keep the, the Kool-Aid cold. Malort, come on. Well, but, but, you know, we talked about Kool-Aid. Why can't we switch it up sometimes and have a different beverage it's tradition. And by the way, Kool-Aid has to be cold because if it's not cold, you know, not want to love. That. I love hot Kool-Aid in the winter. A little mug. Try it. Trust me. Okay. And uh, on that note, yeah. have right, a great weekend, Anne. You too. This Bites, produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, on iTunes, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.
That was Ann and me talking about the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine, where Ann wrote, writes about a review about Snack Boys, the return of the legendary Von Trier, and the hot topic about the restaurant bubble in Milwaukee, plus events and more.